Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how are you? Doing well. Had a great week this week. I uh, had a day trip over to Ridgecrest on Tuesday. Uh, spoke to a ton of state convention employees uh, from all over the country uh, that came in for the Lifeway Partners Summit. So it was a, a really good meeting, had a great crowd there, uh, more than we usually have here at, at Lifeway here in Nashville. So a lot of people at Ridgecrest for either the first time or the first time in a long time because uh, they just don't have a chance to get over there that often. And uh, by all uh, measures, it was a, a very positive event. I got a lot of positive feedback from uh, a lot of people and I uh, met some uh, some friends of yours over there as well and uh, oh yeah yeah and uh, some north carolina baptist folks and just had a, had a great time uh, just catching up with people that i haven't seen in a while very nice yeah we've got some great folks here in north carolina how about yourself how's things going at southeastern semester winding down got graduation this week huh yes graduation is tomorrow so it's always kind of a busy week uh you you pass students on campus they all look very tired um getting getting prepared for their exams and you can kind of see when that burden lifts so uh but a lot of fun um some this this time is fun because we've got some some friends that are graduating so it's it's always exciting when it happens but when we've got folks that we know well uh we can enjoy that yeah i've got a few friends that are graduating uh, this semester uh, not only at Southeastern, but I know Daniel Patterson, who works over at the ERLC, is getting his doctorate this week from Southern Seminary up in Louisville. Trevin Wax, uh, who works yes. with me at Lifeway, is is on campus at your institution at Southeastern getting his doctorate. So a lot of uh, friends and others that are getting their degrees this week. Yes, uh, so it's it's fun. There's a, a part in the graduation where you can stand in honor of uh, graduates that you have uh, a connection with and uh, they, they ask people to. And so it's going to be kind of fun because I'm around and obviously we're we're there and present, but this time we'll get to kind of stand in honor of, of some folks that we really cool. care about. Very cool. So. All right. Well, let's jump into it this week. Speaking of higher education, we'll start off in Louisiana this week. Louisiana College has had their probation lifted by the Sachs Group. They had been put on probation following the tenure of Joe Aguiard, who was the previous uh, college president there in Pineville. Uh, Rick Brewer took over earlier this year, came over from Charleston Southern in South Carolina and took over as president there and has uh, gotten them off of probation. And so congratulations to the Louisiana Baptists and those at Louisiana College. All right, so and uh, staying in Louisiana, this was a, a big piece of news that just hit uh, yesterday. I just saw it this morning uh, that the longtime warden of the Louisiana State Penitentiary at at Angola um, is uh, stepping down from his position. Now, this is a um, prison that we've talked about several times. We just talked about it. Was it last week? week? Yeah. Just last last week. Yeah. The first uh, Southern Baptist church that is uh, to join the convention that exists, it's a prison church, is in Angola. Uh, we've talked several times about the New Orleans Seminary Extension Center there. So uh, this this got on my radar screen, and uh, lots of lots of news in Louisiana about this um, kind of different things about why he's stepping down. I really was just more noticing uh, he's been a huge figure in 
getting that extension center started, uh, working with New Orleans Seminary, uh, which I, I'm a, just a big fan of that program. And so it's definitely of note uh, that he's going to not be there anymore. It will be uh, interesting to see. It will be important to see who steps into that position next. Yes, they uh, said the Dixon Correctional Facility warden will be stepping in on a temporary basis. I saw that today. I reached out to John Robson this week after this news came out, uh, trying to, he is the director of the extension center there at Angola for new Orleans and, uh, trying to get him on the podcast. Hopefully we'll be able to get in touch with him and get him on the podcast before the end of the year, maybe to, to tell us just more about what goes on at the extension center, as well as the possible future of the extension center. Cause they, they just recently opened up a new facility for it. And there are, uh, a lot of religious groups on ca- campus at the penitentiary, so, uh, like you said, it would be interesting to follow this and see who that new Angola warden will be and uh, the, you know, guess the status of the New Orleans extension there. Yeah, and I'm sure that, that it, it will continue, it, but we, it, we just, he was such a figure yeah. in it. And I think it's good to remember that that extension center has done some amazing things. There are some great prison uh ministries and programs yeah, all it's really over a the model country. for the rest yeah all over the country but what they've done is not just uh, take people through classes but they've really trained people for ministry and there and churches have been planted in um, cell blocks and in groups and and people have have gone prisoners have gone and started churches and have um, led people to Christ. They're sharing the gospel in the context where they are. So it's a phenomenal thing that they've done uh, there. And uh, it, and it really is an important thing. It needs prayer to just see who's going to be in that position because that position really matters. Moving over to Texas journey Baptist church, a Texas church, a Texas Southern Baptist church in sulfur Springs, Texas, have donated $29,000 to the IMB in light of the uh, the financial decisions that are being made there to reduce the number of staff and missionaries on the field. Uh, the Journey church members gave up uh, a parcel of land and uh, some of their building fund to provide this funding. Uh, it's just a kind of a neat story that came out from Texas, just of a church doing everything they can. You know, David Platts talked about that blank check. Uh, they basically took that blank check and, and gave it to the IMB. Yeah, they're essentially gonna go without gonna go without a building. Yeah, and they're they're giving up that um, that thing for themselves. They're gonna meet in another church's recreational facility. They were consider you know at one point gonna meet at a local hotel with, where they have been while they were waiting to build, and they just obviously their hearts were turned towards saying, "No, we're gonna be okay." We're, the Lord's g- going to give us a place to worship, but we're going to move here and uh, use this other facility and take our money and send it to the nation. Really incredible example. Yes, and uh, also a reminder that today, the, the day this podcast drops, December the 11th, is that final day for uh, missionaries to make that decision on the voluntary retirement incentive. We should have some information from IMB on the results of that soon, I would think. Uh, so we'll be keeping an eye out for that to hit uh, Baptist Press and other outlets. All right, let's uh, let's look at a new study that has dropped from Lifeway Research. I'm always interested to see the new things that are coming out. And this one is one about uh, new churches showing, uh, it says new churches show appeal among the unreached. Now this is, this is an interesting one because there's long been conversations in church planting about 
how church planting specifically uh, is a tool to reach people. Mm -hmm. Well, and one of the big pushbacks you get in the South is that we've already got all these churches. Why are we still planting churches in the South? This research shows why we still plant churches where there are churches. Yeah. So they asked American church planters. This is analyzing 843 churches from 17 denominations and church planting networks. And they asked them questions like, of the people who currently attend your church, what is their background? Now, um, 43% said previously part of other existing churches. 24% said unchurched for many years. And 18% said previously completely unchurched. Um, so the it, it indicated basically that when you look at the ones particularly you put together unchurched for many years and previously completely mm-hmm. unchurched, you add those together, it really demonstrates that they are very effective at drawing people who aren't connected with a church. Um, the question that really was intriguing to me, especially with as much energy as we spend on things, yeah. Uh, is that what form of publicity is the most successful at attracting new members? And 77% said word of mouth and personal relationships and very, very small numbers for things like billboards and road signs, mailers. Now that doesn't mean you don't do some of those things to help, you know, connect with what they may be hearing, but word of mouth and and personal relationships, that was everything. And I would guess a lot of those, the lower ones like billboards and newspapers or door hangers and stuff like that, they basically strike up conversations with people that they already have personal relationships with yes. about the yes. church. So uh, I know that my friend Amy goes to, you know, Amago Day that just launched or whatever in Raleigh. And, right. Well, I got this door hanger, Amy. Tell me more about the church. You know, the door yes. hanger is maybe, maybe a, a catalyst to a conversation, but it's that right. word of mouth and personal relationship that usually it, sells it. It helps. And obviously, road signs and billboards, they do more than just publicity they tell you where the church is you need those things because they're directing yeah. uh, people and where to go same for internet communication a church website matters so much because when my friend tells me about a church i need to be able to go and find mm-hmm. out more exactly. about it so it doesn't mean that these things don't need to be there but it does mean that we can't rely on these tools yeah because you're if you're you're not going to be searching around the internet for new churches in Raleigh or Wake Forest or Mount Juliet in my my matter or in my case uh, you know in the Nashville area I'm not just going to be searching around if I'm not in church or I'm totally out of church or dechurched or unchurched whatever I'm not probably searching around trying to find new churches that have started in my area right I'm not sure if any of this is surprising but it's good to have numbers that go along with it yeah no data data really helps us to confirm some of those things that we know. And then on occasion, it does surprise us yes. to say, and, wow, didn't And speaking know of the first question that you mentioned, a lot of times when churches plant in areas around churched areas, the, one of the criticisms that we mentioned earlier is that we've already got churches here. People are just going to leave our church and go to the new church plant, the cool new thing. But it's showing that only 43% of the people going to these new churches are moving from another church. So you've got 57%, more than half of the church that is coming not from an existing church. And it shows that new churches in the area are the the quickest way a lot of times to reach the community of those who are unchurched or dechurched. And and a lot of times, you know, those, those people are coming to Christ for the first time. 
And, and that's you know what Kevin Ezel and the guys at NAM have been saying the entire time, that to reach more people, we've got to start more churches because new churches right. reach more people more effectively than yeah, established churches. They just they do. Congrats to Ed Stetzer and the Life of Research team for this new uh, research. Uh, check out that newchurches.com site uh, that they've got. We listed that a few year, weeks ago here as a resource of the week, newchurches.com. This study was part of that as well. All right, we've got a few more state conventions to talk about, Amy. I don't, I don't think these are going to ever end. <laughs> yeah, I think this should be it. As we move into to Christmas, um, I think we're done for the yes, year. Maybe. So. We'll see. Uh, Northwest yes. Baptist Convention welcomed 16 new churches uh, for their 2015 meeting and approved a $5.2 million budget for 2016. As well as we've talked about all the other state conventions, the CP percentage passed on from the Northwestern Baptist Convention will be 27.255% up from last year's 27.25%. So let's move to the middle of the country. The Baptist Convention of Iowa met uh, in Des Moines. They focused on, uh, it was their 20th annual meeting, they focused on new church plants, and then an increase of more than 11% in the cooperative program giving that they received this year. Yeah, so big-time budget jump. Yeah, huge. They approved a 2016 budget of $1.72 million. So, and this was the last year that they forwarded 20% of CP receipts to the SBC before voting to increase their allotment to 50%. Yes. So they're anticipating $600,000 in CP receipts in 2015 calendar year, which they plan to forward 300,000 of that on. Last year, they had received 508,000 and forwarded on just over 100,000. So you see that big jump. So they they jumped their giving to cooperative program at the SBC level from 100 to $300,000 in just one year. Yes. And just as a side note, um, the Baptist Press story, which we'll link, uh, had pictures of the newly elected officers, uh, the president's Ken Livingston. Um, the new secretary, uh, Jerome Risting, has a fabulous Star Trek tie. I was, I was wondering if that was Star Trek. I just want to point that out. Uh, it looks yeah, like click it's on a that tie. link just for the tie. Yeah, it's a tie that has characters from the different uh, Star Trek. So it has um, Captain Kirk at the bottom and then Captain Picard. Uh, and then. Which one's Obi Wan? Okay, that's not right. <laughs> I don't even think that is funny, Jonathan. Howe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can never, ever, ever mix Star Trek and Star Wars. Okay. That's just. Yeah, I'm sorry. Foul ball. I apologize, Amy. So. He's got a fantastic Star Trek tie. Kudos to the new secretary of the Baptist Convention of Iowa. Let's get to Ohio. What you got? Well, before we leave Iowa, I just want to point oh, out yeah? that the giving went up nearly $100,000 uh, anticipated CP giving from their churches after it was announced that they were moving from 20 to 50%. I know correlation uh, isn't the same as causation. But if we see but if we're I, seeing something, we need, we're going to point it out. Every every state that has jumped to fifty percent big like that has seen a dramatic increase in cooperative program giving. Just throwing it out yep. there. Yeah. So good good point. Moving on to Ohio, where we just were this past summer for the Southern Baptist annual meeting, uh, they had their annual meeting earlier this month in November and passed a couple of resolutions. One of them defining marriage. 
as the biblical definition of one man, one woman, and also passed a resolution on the importance of Christian participation in elections and prayer for elected officials. Uh, kind of a, a interesting. You know, just you know, we don't see a lot of resolutions come out in these uh, these news releases. So uh, just a couple of them there. And they also had one that was a resolution of appreciation and prayer for first responders. So uh, some nice resolutions from Ohio. They also uh, passed a budget of $3.9 million down 8% from the previous year budget uh, and receipts. Uh, but they are keeping their uh, CP percentage at 40.25% passed on to the cooperative program. Southern Baptist Convention of Ohio also elected the president, Jeremy Westbrook, pastor of Living Hope Baptist Church in Marysville. The first vice president was Tom Pendergrass of Urban Crest Baptist Church in Lebanon, and second vice president, David Starry, the pastor of Vandalia First Baptist Church. And that'll do it for Ohio. Now down to Arkansas, where they elected their first black officer of the state convention, Stephen Bell. Pastor of Otter Creek Community Church in Little Rock was elected as the second vice president. Sam Roberts, pastor of First Baptist Church in Stuttgart, was named the first vice president. And Gary Hollingsworth, who, All I, right. who I have a connection with from way back in the day, uh, is pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Little Rock. He was elected president. So I guess you have a connection to Gary as well? Um, I just I met him some years back when I was working at Lifeway, uh, and there was a time where some pastors had gathered for a meeting and I just got to be around and, and meet him. And I really, really just liked him. Great respect. Yeah. He was here in Tennessee at one point. Okay. And the executive pastor of the church that we were at in Alabama at cross point, Steve Parr was his executive pastor up here in Tennessee. So I'm like Very connected in here and there with, uh, with Gary I met him a couple of years ago when Dr. Rayner was over there speaking at an event, uh, the State Evangelism Conference, I believe, up in Little Rock. Had a great time. It was a great turnout. So uh, really, really good news and good reports coming from Arkansas. The Arkansas Baptist State Convention will forward 43.13% to the SBC of their $22 million budget that they've had. Uh, same budget for about four years. So uh, giving has stabilized in the state of Arkansas. Very nice. And now finally to a state I know that is uh, close to your heart, Amy. The Absolutely. Southern, the Southern Baptist Conservatives of Virginia. Yes. Uh, they met at their, uh, they, they always call it the annual homecoming. Do they have the Gaithers? They don't. Okay. They didn't. Yeah. They just call it the annual homecoming, but it's not. That would be it's awesome. Not that. It, it, it would be. Side note, we got a Christmas card today at the office from Bill and Gloria Gaither. I got a Christmas card at the office today from Rosalind and Jimmy Carter. Wow. Okay, you win. I got one from Robert Jeffress today, too. Wow. Well, I actually, this is a side note. I was pretty impressed with the one from the Carters because what happened was, I'm certain, we went to the Carter Center and the Presidential Library when we were in like Atlanta. Like two weeks ago. Yeah, for ETS. We didn't sign anything. We didn't... Um, we didn't do, you know, we just paid for our tickets, but I sent out a couple of tweets on social media and uh, about it. And on social media, my bio tells where I work. And so I received a Christmas card and a fundraising letter um, that was well done at my Well played, office. well played. Yeah, at my office. But I thought that's actually somebody is really paying attention when people visit and they're saying these people have come, so they've taken pictures and sent it to their friends, so there you go. 
Wow, that's pretty neat. That's anyway, a, that's very I, good. I, so, so you know, thumbs up for the the awareness and the the execution there from the Carter Presidential Library. Carter Presidential Library. Yes. Very good. Anyway, back to the SBCV well, annual. Oh, yes. Real quick, the Christmas card from Bill and Gloria Gaither. Yes. The inside of the card, instead of just having some you know random. Bible verse or just a, a poem or something, you know, or just something cute that's inside a Christmas card. It was actually the lyrics of a Christmas carol that Gloria Gaither had written in 1978. Wow. So they used the lyrics of one of the Christmas carols, Christmas songs that they had written uh, more than 35 years ago. Kind of neat. Nicely done. Nicely I was, done. I thought it was kind of neat. I mean, not yeah. every day you get mail from the Gaithers, you know? Yeah. Nice touch. I like it. Um, all right. So speaking back of the homecoming. And homecoming, yes. let's go back to the homecoming of the SBCV. They met at a Liberty Baptist church in Hampton. Uh, I always enjoyed it when the SBCV meeting was there. I liked it when it was there, when it was in Roanoke as well. Um, but that's when they meet on that side of the state on the east side. Typically, uh, Hampton is a good place to do that at Liberty. Yeah, that's Grant Etheridge's church, huh? Yes, it is. Uh, he's very, obviously, he's very involved in the SBCV, yep. uh, one of the leaders there uh, in terms of just pastors who are really leading out in the state of Virginia. So they had 826 messengers. And uh, for the first time in four years, they approved an increase to their ministry investment budget. So it's a 2.2 increase. Uh, and so the 2016 will be $9.2 million. Uh, they will continue forwarding 51% of the budget to the SBC and retaining 49%. If they meet that budget, then they will send an additional $252,000 to the SBC. Hmm. Um, I actually found, find this very commendable. SBCV hasn't been around that long. You know, it's it's one of those states where there are, are two. So some of the, the work that's having to be done in state conventions to bring, you know, let's increase, let's do the hard, the, the tough thing, and let's move up, you know, to 50 or to 51. SBCV just hasn't had to do because they were already established yeah. in a certain way. And, and the SBC and, Texas as well, or the SB. Yeah. yeah know, they just, have the same kind of thing. They're at 55%, I think. Just because yeah. that's what they've always done. Yeah. What I love is that they weren't really satisfied with that. They didn't just say, hey, everybody, to you know, other states need to get to this. We're already here. They actually said, let's, let's, let's see what, let's take what we're doing and let's do more. And so I, I really like seeing that story. They heard that 33 new church planting sponsorships were initiated this year, and a total of 62 churches have sponsored one or more SBCV church plants in Virginia, Washington, and other uh, states and, and countries. So the SBCV meetings are always very positive, very encouraging, and it sounds like this one was uh, was no different. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week's wrap-up of state convention annual meetings. Amy, that brings us to my favorite part of the week. It's this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. So I decided to go a little lighter this time, something very interesting. And this technically, I guess, isn't something that happened this week in SBC history, but it was reported on this week in SBC history. So in 1983, found a very interesting story about an advertising technique that your uh, your home base, your entity, is kind of me. focusing on. Yes, and advertising. Did we invent like the pyramid scheme or something? No, no, multi-level not that kind of marketing. Of 
I actually think this is very fascinating. So the Baptist Sunday School Board had something that's called the Home Bible Study Guide. Do you know anything about that? Never heard, heard of about it. it. Never heard of okay. it. Okay. So it was a free monthly publication. Um, like so Home maybe, Life. Yeah, something like that. Um, so they, uh, it, it was, it's free. It's Home Bible Study Guide. So it's got these, these things that included four Bible study lessons in every issue and readers could answer questions about the lessons. They could even mail in response cards and get, you know, see if their answers were correct, uh, things like that. They decided to test the waters and they placed an ad in the personal section of the National Enquirer. Wow. <laughs> they did. They, and they that, decided- that got picked up as a news story because where they published the it ad? It did. It did. Um, they were trying to reach unchurched people. And so they put it in the personals column because well, they said that's more people would read it there. And they advertised that if you wanted to receive Bible study, we will send it to you for free. And 400 people requested it. Wow. All right. So yeah. you, need to, you need to talk to Trevin while he's in Southeastern <laughs> tomorrow. Okay. And and see if he'll start advertising the Gospel Project in like the personal ads on Craigslist. I, I should see what he would think. I, I thought it was very interesting. The guy who was the supervisor of this project, um, his name is Lewis White. He's quoted in here saying, the primary audiences of this Bible study guide are church members who are not enrolled in Sunday school and unchurched people. Well, I and mean... Yeah, and he said, I don't believe many unchurched people are likely to be reached through ads in religious publications. So basically he said, I'm not going to go to other religious publications to advertise this. I'm trying to get to the unreached. So I'm gonna, we're going to stick this in the personals ad. And 400 people sent letters. I mean, this isn't even click on a link or go to a show. They sent letters from the United States, Canada, and the West Indies asking for this Bible study guide. Wow. So out of that 400, you know, if people... Um, came to know Christ through that, that's, that's pretty incredible. So, well, I'm, I'm shooting a video uh, tomorrow with Dr. Rayner. So maybe I'll, I'll talk him into advertising in the national Enquirer again. Yeah. See what you can do. Now, I don't know if this technically falls in the rules of my segment here because they advertised in September, but they reported it this week in SBC history. And this is my segment. So I've decided that it counts. Wow. That, that's, that is fascinating. I would have never guessed uh, Lifeway was advertising in the National Enquirer. Yes. In the personal so section go. of the National Enquirer. There's no yeah, telling how much that costs. Um, wow, that is that is just, man. Okay, resources of the week. Amy's resources week is the National Enquirer. No, <laughs> <laughs> no it is not. All right, what is your resource of the week? Um, I'm going to go with a new, well, it's not really a new podcast, but it's a newly very popular podcast. Yeah, well, it's it's revamped. It's newly revamped because they, they yes. lost the host and they got a new host. So, Yes. It's, Gathering Steam is the Happy Rant podcast. Uh, Barnabas Piper, who's there at Lifeway. Uh, Ted Cluck, who is newly uh, at Union. on the faculty at Union, correct? Yeah. And then, uh, is it Ronnie Martin? Ronnie Martin. Now tell me about Ronnie Martin. I don't know him. Ronnie's the new guy. Yes, he is the new guy. Yeah. Ronnie's, Ronnie's uh, the new guy. And, yes. and Ronnie likes sports movies. Yes, and he that, does. And that's about all I know about Ronnie. I, Ronnie is he a does. new and he Ronnie is new to me as well. I, yes. I like Ronnie though because he 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 doesn't take any guff from Ted. That's right. So. That's right. Well, this is such a a fun podcast to listen to, and they are not afraid to take on 
uh, anything, I- any kind of subject uh, yes. as far as what people are talking about kind of in our uh, world. Oh, and just uh, in general, the, the rant that they yeah. have, and, and that's what they, it, it's like the most perfectly named podcast ever Yes, because they really do rant and they do it in a very happy way that makes you laugh. Uh, but oh, yeah. the rant this past week on Christmas movies and why some Christmas movies are terrible was fantastic. Yes. And uh, Barnabas telling about Christmas decorations at his house was yes. just outstanding. Uh, his mom collects creches from all over the world. So I sent Barnabas a text Monday morning. I said, hey, you got to send your mom this link. And I sent him a video to uh, uh, a, a video. And of uh, another person that I know that collects a lot of creches. So it was all, it was really, you know, I'm trying to help Barnabas out. Well, it was, uh, it, it is, it is so much fun. And I just listen to it sometimes because I don't have much of a commute around here. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. I, I, my commute, it's like four my, minutes. Right. So I'll listen to segments of it and then I'll pick it up later if I'm sitting in carpool line and I just laugh. And what I love is that um, they have that great quality of just w- not taking themselves too seriously. Nope. And I, I think it's just a fun addition to my week. So yeah. podcasts Any, anytime the, Barnabas yeah. pulls back the curtain on what John Piper's like around the house, it just, it owns me. <laughs> The Shepherd's Pouches this past week. You got to go listen to the, the Christmas episode that they did. I mean, it's just, it's chock full of stuff that'll just make you just laugh out loud. Um, I, there's been so many things that they've said in the last few weeks. Uh, Ronnie has really, uh, really stepped into the show. They, they didn't even miss a beat whenever Ronnie jumped in for Stephen Altrogi. But uh, no, it's, not a it's bit. It's a great podcast. One of my favorites. really. Yeah, really, really great. So I highly recommend checking that out. Podcasts are the thing right now. Serials back on, yes. started back today. Did not really so, enjoy that first episode. Just going to throw that out there. Yeah, I haven't gotten all the way through that one, but um, uh, it was a busy day. But since that's happening, if you listen to a lot of podcasts, throw the happy rant in and start with the Christmas episode. Yes. So. Yes, uh, and, that, and that's the neat thing, too. They don't really have any running gags. So, I mean, you can pick up one episode, and, you know, you're not going to really miss anything. So, Oh, yeah. It's kind of yeah. like this one. Uh, we, we, we have new stuff every week, and it's, it's not really tied to anything before. So, all right, my resource of the week is a new book from Eric Mason. Uh, it's kind of new. It's called Unleashed. Uh, it's a book that he's just released. Eric is a pastor, SBC pastor, up in uh, Philadelphia, at Epiphany mm-hmm. Fellowship, and he's uh, spoken at Lifeway a couple times, had a chance to host him whenever he was here. Uh, just a really good guy. Eric's up there in Philadelphia doing a great job and uh, traveling around, speaking all over the country. He's keynoting all kind of conferences and everything. So uh, new book, Eric Mason, highly recommend it. Everything Eric's written has been really good. Manhood Restored, uh, Now Unleashed, and a couple other things that he's written. So uh, check out Eric Mason's new book, Unleashed. Sounds fantastic. Well, uh, do you have big anything big next week with the holidays coming up? It's, or? it's now yeah. we're to the point where everybody's got a party. So I've got work parties. Beth's got work parties. I got kids parties and stuff. And whenever you have four kids, you have four kids parties to go to. So yes, that yes, makes it well, extremely uh, busy. Same here. Very, very festive time. Uh, just want to remind everybody, don't forget the Lottie Moon Christmas offering yep. as you are in the middle of all of your festivities. Yeah, this right weekend now. is our weekend for a big offering at the church. So I think our goal is $80,000. Uh, I'm shooting for a hundred, but 
uh, hoping for 80 at least. And then our, our stretch goal is 100,000 at our church. So uh, going to be giving that on Sunday. And also, if you're looking for any year-end gifts uh, other than Lottie Moon, you know, our SBC seminaries all have foundations and would be glad to, uh, to help you with any year-end giving that you or your company may need to make for tax reasons. Uh, or, <laughs> or or just to further the kingdom and and send students around the world to uh, to take Christ's messages through the world. Uh yes. that as well. So Lottie Moon and the uh the SBC seminaries see your foundation representative uh for information on that. Yes. All right, so that's going to do it for this week's episode of SBC this week. We will see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>